Satnam, beautiful Sarwoman, and welcome. Welcome to the Sovereign Women Movement Podcast, where I'd like to share with you first some pretty interesting, alarming statistics that I have now come out of some research and data that pertains specifically to relationships, marriages. I'm not sure if you knew, I think a lot of us have heard this, but half of all marriages, all marriages, end up in divorce. That is freaky and really, really scary. And that's just with first marriages. Because when you're talking about second and third marriages, the fail rate is even higher. And when do couples usually divorce? Well, usually it's about the eight-year mark. Eight years is usually the length of the marriage before it ends up being and coming into a divorce. And the whole thing about this is that many of us carry these hidden burdens and patterns from our past, what we saw in our families with our parents, these cycles of abandonment and divorce that have been passed down through generations. And this pattern particularly is one of the least acknowledged pattern because most women that go through these patterns of divorce and abandonment, they feel like they're just unlucky. They feel like they're just doomed with the relationship scenario. And it really isn't just about the stories that we've been told or what we've seen with our parents. It's about our nervous system. It's about our brains and our body, which has learned to respond to the world around us with these patterns of toxic relationships, particularly abandonment and divorce. So today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about this very important subject matter. And this isn't just a conversation. It's a step towards healing and disrupting the generational cycles that may be influencing our lives in ways that you never imagine. Because when I'm talking about generational patterns, they impact not only your physical well-being, they impact your business, they impact your relationships, they impact overall who you are and how safe you feel to be authentically yourself. So before we get started, let's talk first about what exactly is a generational pattern of abandonment and divorce. And to understand that, we have to understand that these are sort of like invisible threads that are woven through the fabric of your nervous system, your brain, and your body, because your body does keep score, as we all know, and your brain and nervous system are both pre-wired in the womb, and especially between the ages of zero to seven when your brain is literally like a sponge that is just absorbing information. Now, during those ages, of course, we also require and need a lot of nurturing, a lot of love and comprehension. We expect that from our caregivers, from our parents. But what if they themselves were going through their own depression, through their own trauma? You see, it's very important for us to understand and speak about what we're gonna speak about today Because by you understanding that you healing yourself, you start to heal your children, generations before you and after you, and that it's actually not that complicated. That if we truly take a holistic approach of awareness, vitality, and integration, which is part of my Sovereign Woman Academy program, but more importantly, if we can even just be honest and start with the process of awareness, awareness, we can learn to recognize these patterns so that we can start in the starting point to help liberate ourselves from repeating them. Ultimately, it is about breaking these toxic cycles and fostering healthier conscious relationships that nurture our own personal growth. 
in my own life, the way this showed up was a very interesting way because I don't think most of us understand abandonment wounds. And one of the things that we're going to talk about today are what happens when we have abandonment wounds, which is what is known as attachment theory that many therapists and psychologists have spoken about. But to really understand that, we have to understand that these abandonment wounds are all uh, not all the time very, very obvious. I think many of us can look back at our childhood and perhaps think well, if there was physical abuse or emotional abuse, some of those things might seem more obvious as to why we ourselves struggling in our own personal relationships. But when it comes to abandonment and patterns of divorce, these patterns are very much driven from the subconscious mind. And they're not always very obvious. So for example, my mom, when I was growing up, my mom would come to the United States of America and would leave me with my grandmother in Mexico. And she would leave me with grandmother because she loved me and she wanted to work uh, and she needed to work out here, but she didn't trust anybody in the United States of America to take care of me. So to her, it was safer for me to stay with someone that loved me that she could trust. And it wasn't like, Grandma was a horrible human being. In fact, she really uh, take, took care of me. Perhaps she wasn't like the most loving and nurturing, but she still showed me love the way she could express it and always uh, fed me, always made sure that I was okay. But I was between the ages of zero and three. My brain was still developing. I didn't know that mom needed to come to work. So between the ages of zero and three, while she was gone sometimes one month, sometimes she was gone three months, I started to develop this complex of I'm not good enough unconsciously, right? I need my mom. I need her to be there for me. And yet she was doing the best she could for both of us. But that started to develop this abandonment within me. So it's not always so obvious, whereas our mom might be depressed and she was never ever, never received the nurturing that she needed. So, of course, she is not able to give that to you either. Sometimes, you know, when that happens, it can become a little bit more obvious that we didn't get the love that we needed for our, from our parents. But in my situation, although my mom did go through long periods of depression as I got older, as a young baby, she was doing the best she could for me. She really was thinking that she was protecting me. And this is why we have to really understand these abandoned moods and what attachment theory teaches us about what develops after the wound. Because first we have to understand that generational trauma and that these patterns of abandonment and divorce, they manifest across a ton of generations. In essence, think about how a primary caregiver, and it's usually your parents, how they act and how they are toward you as a child. How are they forming that foundation for how you are going to perceive the world and how you're going to feel safe in the world? All of these reasons for this is how why the child needs their parent. It's not that we're dependent or codependent. I guess that's the word that really affects a lot of people. We need our um, caregivers to just be at our beck and call. It's not about that. It's a human, it's human nature for us to actually seek comfort, to want to be soothed, to want to be nurtured, especially as children. And it's like obvious that we of course expect that from our caregivers for them to offer us a warm and a caring environment. And that is how they attune to the child's physical and emotional needs. Even when these needs are not clearly expressed, I don't have to, as a baby, tell my mom that I need her love. The child, basically, that is an essence of our natural essence. That's who we are. 
So when we receive that, we become securely attached, meaning we are able to foster conscious, beautiful relationships. Now, on the other hand, misattunement or misalignment or not being able to provide the nurturing to your child because you never received it, that's different because that's where caregivers are not able to be there physically, emotionally, mentally for the child. That creates what is known as insecure attachment, which we're going to talk about the three different kinds. It's very important for us to also note that a caregiver that is misattuned is not doing it intentionally. Your mom didn't absolutely hate you. It's the fact that you yourself, her, she herself was going through her own pain. But again, just like in my situation, the child still perceives them as not meeting their needs. I still perceived my mother as being absent, even though she didn't do this as an evil way to get rid of me. So I'll give you an example. Let's just call this woman Irene, right? So Irene grows up and she's always felt sort of distant from her mom, who also struggled with a lot of sadness and she struggled with depression. Her mom dealing with her own pain found it really difficult to provide the kind of warmth and attention that Irene really needed. And this wasn't because her mom didn't love her. She was caught up in her own struggle that made it really hard for her to be there in the ways that Irene needed. I mean, how many of us are conscious 100% of the day? And if you're going through your own trauma and pain, this is the sad part that I'm pretty sure Irene's mother received that kind of uh, love or nurturing or lack of from her own mother, right? So this experience left leaves Irene with these deep questions about love and trust, feelings that weren't just emotional, but they were actually built in and wired into her brain and nervous system as a response mechanism, as a way to defend herself. So it's almost like, think of it this way, like you're growing up in this house where all of a sudden the lights flicker and sometimes they go off completely unexpectedly. So what happens is that over time, you might start to walk around the house, life, just expecting for the lights to go out. You're always on the edge. That's called PTSD. That's the same thing that occurred with me because mom was there sometimes and she wasn't there all the time. Sometimes she was there physically, even as a baby, and sometimes she was not. And so what has starts to develop is what is known as attachment styles. And this, this is actually a term that uh, was derived from the studies of a psychiatrist who was known as John Bowlby. And this is from the 50s, which if you've never received any type of therapy or healing work, you, you probably don't know about it. But if you ever have worked with a therapist or some type of psychologist, they will talk to you about this because it's very, very crucial. So what John Bowlby started to do, and he wasn't the one that actually named the four attachment styles because after the 50s, there was a lot more research and data that came. But John Bowlby was one of the first primary uh, psychiatrists who really started to coin and understand how primary caregivers nurturing or lack of during childhood has this incredible influence on the future of the child's adult life as it relates to social and intimate relationships, and especially as it relates to business and, of course, your significant others. So in other words, what happens is that this early bond creates a template or like rules for how you build and interpret relationships as well. So Bowlby's work on attachment theory 
dating back to the 50s really helps us understand and help it has been evolve so that we can continue to research based on the subject. There's a lot of research now that is actually not just around the attachment theories, but also to the impact on the brain, to the impact on the, on the nervous system, because now we can, we have the technology to scan brains and nervous systems to really understand particularly how this impacts um, the physical body. Now, as it relates to actual attachment styles, when we do not receive the nurturing of our mothers or fathers, there are three, I would call, negative attachment styles that are created and 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 really influence and and signify who we are as adults. One of them is a healthy one, which is where we all want to get to, while the other three are very, very uh, serious. And they not only impact your mental health, but they impact your physical health and, of course, your spiritual health. Now, the four attachment styles, in case you've never heard of them, are anxious, and sometimes it's also referred to as preoccupied, avoidant, which is also referred to as dismissive many times. There's also disorganized attachment, which also is referred to as fearful avoidance sometimes. And then there's secure attachment, which is where we all want to be. So let's go over each of the attachment styles so that you can understand and really start to recognize and become aware, perhaps, which one of these you are operating under unconsciously. I will say that many of us actually fluctuate either between one or the other in different phases or an era of our lives. Like for me, I started with one specific attachment style in the beginning of my relationship. With time, as I was doing the healing work, I entered into a whole other spectrum of the attachment theory, a whole other complete style to finally where I'm at right now, which is actually the healing journey, which is what we're going to talk about today, the attachment that you actually want to be in alignment with. So first, let's talk about the anxious preoccupied style. So this is where an adult with an anxious attachment style tends to have a lot of negative self-talk, lots of insecurities, but then they see others really positively. So what this means is that they see their partner as their literal other half. You all know some of these women. I never identified with the anxious preoccupied. So when I would see a woman, you know, in this style, I would totally call it out. And then I would always tell myself I would never be that woman, even though the style that I was under on was just as toxic or even worse, I would think. So this one particularly is like, you know, your friend who gets the new boyfriend and all of a sudden she's like talking like him, maybe even dressing like him. Like she is just completely obsessed with this partner and she truly does believe that the partner completes her. And the thought of living without their partner or being alone in general causes high, high levels of anxiety. So in other words, they deeply fear abandonment. And this could be because perhaps mom physically abandoned them as children. Maybe grandma abandoned their mom as well and mom never healed. Or maybe emotionally mom was checked out because she was going through her own basically depression. So if that's the case, then you wonder why you're in relationships and you feel anxious, you feel worried that you're going to be abandoned, even though there are no signs or, you know, the, the partner is not doing anything particularly. When we are under this anxious, preoccupied attachment style, we're unconscious about it, right? And because we're unconscious about it, we self-sabotage, not just 
the relationship, but our own uh, well-being and peace. It's almost like creating self-fulfilling fulfilling prophecies where you become so afraid that the person is going to abandon you that what you're actually doing is you're creating these energetic barriers where you're not letting the person in intimately. And so they end up actually leaving you. Very, very tough uh, attachment style. The toughest part is recognizing it and working beyond the shame and the guilt that actually develops or comes with the awareness that we're actually under this attachment style. So in a, in a nutshell, what this attachment style it does is that it, val it makes us value our relationships really high, but we're really hypervigilant towards threats, towards abandonment. And we're also super anxious and worried that our loved one is not invested in the relationship as we are. Now, the second attachment style is known as the avoidant or dismissive style. Now, women with this style of attachment, they tend to have a really positive self-view, but they have a really negative view of others. So what happens consequently is that they prefer to just foster a high sense of independence. This was me and self-sufficiency, especially on an emotional level. So the thought for me was like, my mom abandoned me, abandoned me. you're going to abandon me, so I'm not going to let you in. I'm not going to get intimate. In fact, if it's, things start to get really intimate, I'm going to get rid of you. Because somebody with the avoidant attachment style tends to believe that they don't have to be in a relationship to feel complete. They don't need or want to depend on others. They don't want to have others depend on them. If somebody starts to get close to them, show them love, they start to build the barriers too. Stop needing my attention. Why? Because it feels like mom trying to control me again. Or even worse, they start to seek support or approval with other people. So it's not like they intentionally go cheat on their partner. But if the partner and, them, and they get closer and more intimate, the way they respond to that is maybe by completely ignoring the partner and go finding someone else and not necessarily romantic, but just hanging out with other people so that this bond does never happens. Because again, we're too afraid that we're going to be abandoned anyways, and we don't want to go through that pain. So adult with this adults or women with this attachment style, they generally avoid intimacy. There is no emotional closeness. They are withdrawn from the relationship. And if they find someone that even resembles something of like their childhood, they become super negative, super like hyper aware and just completely paranoid. So it's also really important that this person learns to feel her emotions because what happens is that this type of attachment style, they hide and suppress all their emotions when faced with an especially emotionally dense situation such as conflict. So very, very unhealthy as well. Like I said, neither of them are better or worse. It's just important for us to understand which one we are. Because once I started to understand which one I was, I started to become more aware of when I was getting into that pattern so that I could start to really address it. Now, the third type of attachment style is what is known as disorganized or fearful avoidant. Now, people with the disorganized attachment style, they tend to vacillate between the traits of both anxious and avoidant attachment, depending on their mood and their circumstances. And really, it's really about prana. If you don't have enough life force energy running through your system because you're constantly stressed out from the patterns of relationships that your parents put you through, then you're constantly running cortisol 
and you're constantly running adrenaline through your hormonal system, through your nervous system, then, oh my God, you better believe you're going to be always kind of fluctuating between anxious and I don't want to be with him. And that's really what bipolar actually is too. Bipolar, you don't need a pill for that. I'm not a doctor to tell you what you should do. This is my opinion. But when we think about bipolarism, it's people that go from one identity to the other, right? All that is, is a prana problem, life force energy. You don't have enough breath moving through your body, mind, and spirit. Why? Because you're so unconscious about your thoughts, the subconscious patterns of the toxic relationships your parent went through, that they are depleting and eating up your energy, which is why at nine o'clock you could be super happy. And by two o'clock, you could be completely angry, getting ready to attack someone. This is what disorganized, fearful avoidance go through as well. They basically with their partner and in relationships, they want to be in relationship, but then it gets close and then they run away. Uh, or um, the relationship is uh, not good for them. The person is ignoring them and that drives them to be with the person even more. People with this attachment style, they struggle with identifying and regulating their emotions. This is why we have a prana problem. And they tend to avoid really strong emotional attachments due to their intense fear of getting hurt. So these are the three most toxic, right? What we want to come into is secure attachment. And this is where the healing journey actually takes us. The secure attachment style basically implies that a person is comfortable. They're expressing their emotions openly. And so therefore a woman as an adult with the secure attachment can depend on their partners. And in turn, their partners rely on them. Relationships with someone with a secure attachment style are honest, they're tolerant, there's emotional closeness, there's intimacy. And although someone with this attachment style often thrives in their relationships, they also don't fear being on their own. They don't feel that the relationship is their identity. The secure attachers, they tend to have this positive view of themselves and others. So they do not overly seek approval or validation. And then they can also successfully identify and regulate their own emotions, right? So that it, they can help their partner. That's what a beautiful partnership is really all about, right? Helping each other and bringing out what is good in each other, not what is bad. Because if you had, if you're under the other three attachment styles, all your focus is on what is negative about the person, what is negative about the relationship, because that's how you see yourself. If you didn't see yourself as that because of you, the way you were raised by your parents and all this adrenaline and cortisol running through your system, then you would be in a secure attachment. So how do we get to secure attachment? Well, there's a process to that. And the problem with traditional therapy is that talking about it is not going to make the body release the memories of trauma that it keeps score on. It's not going to rewire the nervous system in the brain that have been pre-wiring or have been pre-wired sometimes even in the womb with these patterns. You see, healing is multifaceted. And what we need to understand is we have to take a holistic approach that addresses body, mind, and spirit, and specifically the brain and the nervous system. And that's exactly what we do through Kundalini Yoga Meditation and A Course in Miracle Spiritual Psychotherapy, because a big part of this is also the forgiveness work that we have to do so that we can start rewiring the nervous system and healing all of our spiritual wounds, being able to forgive our parents, being able to ultimately forgive ourselves when we are able to do that. So 
to get practical on this, what we're going to be doing is inside of my close Facebook group community, which if you're not part of it, join us there, Sovereign Women Movement uh, on Facebook, link below in the comments as well. I'm going to share with you a specific technique that actually starts to begin the initiation of the healing process, because it really is about creating the environment and the space within us for the healing and the transformation to occur. Now, particularly, I will say that in order for us to disrupt these patterns, we do have to go in with energy work that addresses the inner child and that addresses the parental phobias you may have. Typically, what that looks like is the mother wound. A lot of women will say, well, my relationship that is broken is because of my father. You know, my father abused me and abused my mom. All these different things happen. Ultimately, although you might think it's your father that is your Judas, we always have to do the healing work with our mother because we, our mother carried us in our womb, in her womb. We have a different type of bond and connection with our mother. So even if dad was the abuser, there's resentment and a lot of pain that builds inside of our hearts because we expected mom to protect us. We expected mom to do something about it. And that is why, even though if it was father that was unconscious, we still have to do the, the healing work as it relates to our mother to be able to release her also from the things that occurred. So we do have to take the approach of specific meditations, specific energy work and forgiveness work that addresses the relationship that we have at the core with our parents and then with ourselves. Because our inner child is constantly screaming out in these attachment styles that, again, this stuff shows up even in business meetings. I can't tell you how many times I would go to business meetings. And, and because I had already learned about attachment style and things of that nature, I would just kind of watch and just literally be able to see what attachment style each individual was on and the way they responded and the way they interacted with other human beings. So if all of us did this healing work and understood ourselves a little bit more, our businesses would be so different because think about it. It literally, sometimes our businesses, especially if you work for like a large corporation where there's a lot of people, it feels like worse than high school. And you wonder like, do people not grow up? Well, no, if they don't heal their inner child and they don't deal with the issues with these attachment styles, then they literally are still acting out of their five-year-old consciousness, eight-year-old consciousness, wherever, you know, that trauma first happened, especially. So join us there in our close uh, Facebook group where I do live healing sessions every Wednesday. Like I said, the uh, link will be below as well. So if you're struggling with relationships, with especially a repeated pattern of divorce, because you have to remember, if we have any of these attachment styles, ultimately, they create the pattern of abandonment. They create the pattern of divorce. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. When we address these attachment styles and we get to the level of their DNA and nervous system and brain, then guess what? Then you move into secure attachment, right? So awareness is key. And if you yourself are struggling, ask yourself, you know, what is holding me back? reflect on the information that I gave you right now and on your personal experiences and feelings because things keep repeating doesn't mean that you have bad luck or that you're doomed. This reflection is crucial in order for you to grow because you cannot change what you're not aware of. So to literally sit down and journal about your familiar patterns of abandonment or divorce. And really listen to that inner child so you can start to become aware of how you 
interact with other relationships based on these plans, based on these basically patterns that we hold. And I know that we've covered a lot today. I know that there's a lot of information around attachment theory out there, but what is lacking is for us to understand that these are attachment styles that are derived from generational patterns and that in order for us to actually disrupt them and to take these first steps towards healing, we've got to take a holistic approach that addresses the nervous system and the brain. Now, from all of this information, I'd love to hear from you. What questions, what reflections do you actually have about attachment styles and about disrupting the uh, pattern of divorce and, and abandonment? What kind of things did you go through also as a child that now, based on this podcast episode, you can look at and say, wow, that is why I am the way I am in relationships, or that is why that relationship ended. Can you, with courage, look at that and be honest and even share with our community so that through that vulnerability, you can help others? That is the first step. That is the first step of awareness that leads us to the ultimately disruption of these very, very negative patterns. My only intention for all of us as, as sovereign women is to reclaim our sovereignty and to move into conscious, beautiful relationships. And it starts by recognizing what uh, patterns we're under and aligning ourselves with secure attachment, knowing that we're worthy of beautiful, conscious relationships where we don't have to feel afraid that we'll be abandoned or that they will end up like the high statistics say of 50% in divorce. Now, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this very serious podcast episode, but very important. I want us all to remember that healing and disrupting the patterns of abandonment and divorce is totally possible. And it starts with you. Until next time, take care and keep seeking the light within to reclaim your sovereignty. I'll see you on the next video. Sit down.